everyone and welcome to another Scots Way Hey podcast and I'm joined today by musician Pedro Cameron otherwise known as Man of the Minch and poet Peter Mackay who have collaborated on the project Strathkin Nestraja known in English as Street Sparks but first of all hello and welcome to both of you. Hello. hello. Um, I'm so pleased uh, to have you both uh, join us. So begin by talking about the project. How did it come about and what's it? What's the themes behind it? Do you want to take that, Peter? And I'll take that. So the project was actually a commission. Um, it was the idea of a group in Glasgow, Kjolis Crack, who support Gaelic culture in Glasgow, who are starting this five-year project trying to create, in their own words, an urban um, Gaelic songbook and they thought urban and Gaelic and they thought obviously me uh, from the Isle of Lewis and the, the, the idea behind it <laughs> is to match up um, Gaelic poets with songwriters um, whether they have Gaelic or not I think might change over the, the, the coming years but they put me together with this fantastic singer Pedro Cameron um, and left it more or less up to us to come up with five songs to sit down talk about what we what our shared interests were the kinds of things we might actually be able to say together and it's really weird to be writing in this joint way and especially for me putting things into Pedro's mouth um, and then having this um, dialogue to come up with some fantastic tracks that are 85 to 99 percent Pedro's work. <laughs> I wouldn't that say that. Pedro, is that a fair shot? No, I would not say that at all. Um, when I came into the project, my Gaelic was very like beginner's Gaelic. Um, I knew a few phrases here and there, but um, so me and Peter worked together a lot on um, basically just on pronunciation and um, sort of the rhythm of it. And um, yeah, it was uh, quite a, a learning experience for me. Um, and it was a good way to learn, like a really great way to learn actually. I think that sort of uh, creativity is such a good tool for learning. Um, um, and likewise, um, learn, um, creativity feeds off um, of like new experiences and um, and new knowledge so um, it kind of was quite a symbiotic kind of relationship and um, yeah it was it was really good but yeah the the, the lyrical content is all is all Peter um, I, um, but I put it to music so I had to sort of learn it and learn the rhythm of it and then um, try and put it uh, into my kind of style of music. I think that was something we wanted to do was while I'm a um, like a folk musician, I suppose of sorts, um, we wanted it to sound modern and um, kind of poppy and sort of have a, a sort of a fresh kind of uh, sound to it that, um, yeah, to, to an old sort of language, you know. And can I just say that coming into it with not that much Gaelic, with a little bit, Pedro's pronunciation is fantastic. The amount of work that he put into it to get the sounds right is, is hugely impressive. And so much in there uh, fascinates me, particularly um, the idea of learning a language alongside music. I mean, that does 
sound like a really interesting way of, of doing it and perhaps a really helpful way of doing it. I mean, Peter, what was your uh, experience of that with, with, with kind of teaching someone, but then there's the musical side of things as well? Well, there's a couple of things there. I Just thinking in those terms, I learned Spanish largely through reading poetry back right. in the day. And I just sit with the, the poems of Pablo Neruda and go through them syllable by syllable and get the sounds right. And I hadn't actually considered that as a parallel process to partly what myself and Pedro were doing, working on a, on a sound by sound basis. Mm -hmm. um, and though I, I've played instruments in the past, I'm nowhere near the level of musician that Pedro is. And so for me, the instant side of it was having almost having that musical education, seeing the different drafts go and seeing how the different tunes would change. And then the, almost the, the very granular, can we have this vowel sound here or do we need a different vowel sound to make the, the rhythm of the song work? And the, the, the back and forth with the different types of phrasing we can have, the different stress we could have, where it has to be short, where it has to be long. I learned a hell of a lot about the music in while Pedro was learning bits of the language. And that kind of back and forth, Pedro, for you, did the music change as you started to learn the language? Did Because you spoke both spoke about rhythms. And of course, the rhythm of languages is, is important in song and, and in poetry. Did you find that uh, that was changing as you went? Yeah, absolutely. I think as I got more of a hang of like how the words were meant to sound and um, more of an understanding of it, I think it definitely got more like the songwriting became more complex. Um, I think if you listen to the the EP, it's not in order of when we wrote it, but um, so the first song that we wrote together was uh, Trochic, which is um, quite a kind of straightforward 4-4 sort of indie pop song. Um, but then the final one that we did was quite, was quite wordy and sort of long looping melodies and sort of, um, maybe less repetitive and maybe um, so I think there was definitely as we went on it probably became more it, it just yeah we were able to expand our kind of horizons more and sort of um, try different things and um, yeah I, I, I think that's kind of a, and I think that's a natural process anyway from um, uh, for songwriting is that you start off, and particularly co-writes in my experience, is like you start off and you, you come up with something quite um, quite straightforward or quite simple. And um, the more that you kind of get to know each other and the the more that you sort of, yeah, the, 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 the more that you build a relationship, I think that the, um, the songwriting follows suit, I would say. And does that also go for understanding the language more as you learn more as well was the, was that the case or, or did you always have a translation kind of to work for did you know the songs kind of from the beginning i, I knew what the uh, basically the way that it worked is that we did it a lot over i mean we only met for the first time in real life um when we filmed the 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 live session um and recorded it so we did it all we had a few Zoom calls, but most of it was voice notes on yeah. WhatsApp, just back and forward, back and forward. Me, um, <laughs> tearing my hair out sometimes, trying to trying to get it to work. Um, it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think it was quite a, 
uh, an interesting experience, but I, I'm not sure about the understanding because I think it's uh, like Peter is a poet and um, some of the language is actually quite complex. Yeah. For It's not the words that you would learn um, when you were learning Gaelic for the first time. It's not like, you know, um, I'm going to the shops and hello and it's raining and good yeah. morning. It was sort of like the sort of your bite on my shoulder <laughs> like like foxgloves or, or, or something like that so it was like it was I don't know if like the, the conversational Gaelic came out of it so much but I think what did come out of it was like a real understanding of like how it's formed and yeah. um, I feel like now whenever I read something that's in Gaelic I know now immediately like how you would say that um, but I don't necessarily know what it means but um, that's uh coming uh, and like I'm still um, doing quite a lot of sort of reading myself and li listening and trying to to keep up that kind of um that kind of learning but I'm not really at a conversational kind of level yet it's uh, but I know lots of sort of words that don't necessarily all go together just yet you could yeah. you could read the poetry but you maybe couldn't you know, order a beer yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> I remember quite Sorry. I remember quite often when I learned languages, I, I'd use the asterisk books. Yeah. And so you'd know the word for wild boar in about 15 languages, but maybe <laughs> little else. <laughs> yeah. Well, you both uh, mentioned about tradition and you've got, you know, obviously folk music is a long tradition and uh, Gaelic poetry also has mm -hmm. a, a kind of long tradition. Uh, so this idea of bringing it, not just up to date, but putting it in a kind of, urban setting. Um, I mean, how, how did you approach that, Peter, first from yourself? Well, a, a couple of different ways. I think one of the reasons that I was asked uh, to be involved is that back at the time in the Commonwealth Games, I wrote two raps in Gaelic, which um, were part of a, a show that was put on at the time. Um, and so they might have thought I was edgier than I actually am in reality <laughs> because of that. But I think the one of the questions I had was, A, how do you acknowledge the, the full history of Gales mm -hmm. coming down to the, the cities, coming down to Glasgow and Edinburgh, having this parallel, perhaps nostalgic view of the Highlands, but also perhaps a sense of escape, a sense of liberation, a sense of freedom, and this historic relationship between Scottish cities and the, the countryside. And then this other since well, we've got Gaelic communities who have always lived in Glasgow, Edinburgh, who were born there, who are city dwellers, and you've got mm -hmm. this urban Gaelic. And would they would they be using language in different ways? Would they have a different sense of um, being in the city? And so, something like um, the the poem, the, the song Drochich, is partly about being seventeen and coming to the city for the first time and having this great sense of release of possibility yeah. of freedom um other of the songs um make use of riffs or motifs from from gallic tradition from gallic tales from ga other gallic songs and they're sadder you've got the sense of the, the 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 experience in the city is one of poverty deprivation of of an incredibly difficult life that you have to leave for somewhere else yeah and so tonally, we were trying to do two or three different things, but then also reflect the, the diversity of the contemporary world. Yeah. And uh, Pedro, with the music, I mean, for people who don't know Man of the Minch, it is 
a folk tradition, but it's one that you've brought right up to date, not just mm -hmm. with your own music, but in the way that you've previously collaborated with, with other people. So mm -hmm. it really does feel like a great fit, the two of you together. How, uh, how did you approach the musical side of things? To be honest, I, I think I just approached it in the same way that I would write any song. Um, and I just wanted to, I think my music is very much like a melting pot of all the different kinds of music that I love. And I'm as much as a like Scottish trad fan as I am like country or electronica, um, sort of synth pop, yeah. like all these kinds of things. And so I didn't really approach it any differently. I think, yeah, I think the, I think it was enough, <laughs> to be honest, to, um, to not try and be too sonically different to what I would normally do. And I kind of thought that was the point of the project. It was yeah. kind of to bring what I do to, um, to Peter's work and to Gaelic. And so I think that I kind of tried to, um, yeah, I, I just kind of put my stamp on it. But um, we did talk about, um, what something that I deal with a lot in my music career in various uh, forms is about queerness and um, about sort of LGBT plus narratives. Um, so I um, I really wanted to talk about that. So we did like um, one of the songs, uh, Scott Alistair's, um, it's kind of based around the, the AIDS crisis in the, the 80s and 90s. Um, and so, yeah, and um, Madam McGregor talks about um, someone, uh, a woman that's um, sort of uh, dressing in men's clothes. And um, so w we wanted to bring those kind of narratives, or I was really keen to bring those kind of narratives into, um, into the songs and into the, the lyrics of the songs. Um, so, yeah, I think that was kind of where I came at it from. Can I just come in there as well? Because um, we were absolutely in agreement about this. I'd done quite a bit of work on the AIDS crisis before and working towards radio and TV and documentaries and had spoken to lots of people who um, had lived through the period and um, were, were still um, had remarkable tales to tell or remarkable memories to share. Some of the other things that Madame McGregor, um, was, there was a little bit of research there, reading a book on the, the history of Carlton Jail and how one of the women who was in Carlton Jail in the 19th century was there for impersonating a man. And so it's also um, having this historical um, depth of queerness as well was really important to show that, that there are these, these long roots, there, there are these different stories that we can be telling about the past as well as about the present. So although it's concentrating perhaps on the contemporary, there's still a kind of look at the history there as well. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's really interesting. How, how long have you, has this project been going on? Because it sounds like one that would need time to kind of uh, uh, to come together. We did it in five months. We started oh, wow. in January, recorded it in May. Um, I was very stressed for, 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 for five months. It was like, I, I had such a great time doing the project. It was like really amazing, but um, I think I definitely felt a pressure to get it right. And we only had a sort of quite a, a limited amount of time to like to film it. We only kind of had one shot at that really um, with a few takes. And so I was really keen to, to sort of 
make sure that I respected the language and that it was, and I was getting it right um, as a learner um, and as a language. So I think, um, but yeah, we, uh, to be honest, I think like the actual, the process of writing it and um, um, came quite easily to us really, didn't it? We kind of. I think one of the strange things is that it might have been, is one of these projects that might have been helped by the lockdown conditions. Yeah. By, by yeah. the fact that there was some pandemic going on that we, you could be so concentrated on a project without that many distractions. And in some ways it was really um, helpful and healthy at the <laughs> the height of the second wave, the, the depths yeah. of a Scottish winter, having um, the ability to speak to somebody as talented as Pedro, to be honest, and who has the, all of this energy and was willing to commit their time and their skills to this. That was a great way to spend time when you might otherwise be worrying about the, well, the, the end of humanity, the, 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 the everything that was going on around us. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That, it was definitely... I just really, I've been really lucky through the whole pandemic to have projects to focus on. And I really think I would have gone mad if I didn't have things to devote all my energy to when I wasn't, um, like when I wasn't working or um, or whatever. So it's, uh, yeah, that was definitely, we were able to, it was quite intensive and maybe more intensive, as you say, than it would have been had we, you know, had I been out on, touring or playing gigs or doing other sort of projects or musical projects so while it was like a short space of time it felt like I mean it felt like no time and it felt like forever so but um it, it kind of um yeah it was really sort of it, it really helped with the focus as uh, as Peter says that's a great way of summing up I think the last year and a half it felt like no time and it felt like forever yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> But that's really interesting because I've spoken to quite a few, mainly musicians, but also writers as well, who their uh, um, uh, art has really kind of got them through these the difficult times, you know, mm -hmm. put it, pour, pouring things into whether it be music or, or whether it be writing. And that's, that's clearly something I think both of you have felt. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the strange things for me was the project before this, the lockdown project before this, was a book called 100 Favourite Gaelic Poems, which meant I had to translate about 60 to 70 Gaelic poems from throughout history, many of them about, well, leaving, mm -hmm. <laughs> leaving Scotland, going overseas, knowing that you might never see your family again, knowing that you might never see your home, wherever that is again, and the mm -hmm. sense of dislocation. And that was great to do, but also it, it hit in the wrong place, it hit in the gut when you're stuck at home, going, well, when are you going to see loved ones? When are you going to see these places again? And I had a greater understanding of the immigrant experience, say, or the, the, that sense of loss. This was a bit more uplifting. So it was good they came in that order. I mean, that's, that's one thing I was wondering about in terms of writing um, a in Gaelic, in this kind of urban setting, for want of a better word, do you view it as a, a battle, a celebration, a kind of, you know, um, just the right for, for the culture to exist? How did you uh, kind of approach to those aspects of it? There's quite a lot of defiance in some of the songs. And I think there is a, a battle there. Um, I live in Edinburgh. In Glasgow, there's a bit more of a sense of Glasgow having 
a place, but yeah. even there, it's a defiant place. Yeah. I used to live in Dublin, and even Dublin, which is not uh, a Gaelic city, mm. has more acknowledgement of, of, of the language. And so I think it's something that it was important to not be too comfortable with. Yeah. Um, Edinburgh and the Gaelic imagination tends to mean the Calvin prison. It tends to mean somewhere that you're going to end up incarcerated. It's somewhere that you get tricked or deceived. And I think trying to, to keep that, that sense of edge, that sense of danger was part of what I wanted to do anyway. And in terms of where you go next with the project, are there going to be uh, hopefully other live performances? Is it something that has gone a, you know, a life beyond the initial recording? I'd really love it to, I'd love there to be. Um, there's not a huge amount of plans. We'll kind of see where it goes. Um, it, I don't know if this will be out probably after it's released on, um, yeah. to download, because at the moment, um, what's available is the film that was made, um, that is Crack um, made. And uh, so, yeah, we're now releasing it as a live EP. Um, and hopefully that'll kind of keep it spreading and, um, and maybe in a bit more of a sort of uh, manageable way, I suppose, or in, um, uh, so yeah, I, I would love to keep playing the, the musicians I got to play with. Um, it was just amazing. Um, so we had um, Charlotte Printer, um, who's in uh, Apache Darling and Skippinish and uh, loads of really good bands, amazing bass player and guitar player. Um, Audrey Tate played on it. Uh, she uh, plays with Broken Chanter, um, her own uh, band, uh, Girl Who Cried Wolf. Yep. Um, and then we had Josie Duncan, um, who's an amazing Gaelic singer, like probably one of the best Gaelic singers in the country. So that was, she was a really a, like great help to me and about framing it in song and, sort of how to sing it um, as opposed to how to say it. She was um, really good help with that. And uh, we had Laura Wilkie as well on fiddle. So we had such an amazing time, the the five of us um, performing the music. And um, I think we'd all love to, to keep playing it um, as much as we can. Um, obviously I've got other projects um, coming up very soon as well. So it's just kind of fitting it in amongst that and um, as well, so um, and they're all sort of very in-demand musicians. That's something that another great thing about lockdown has been, um, or a sort of a, a a silver lining of lockdown, I suppose, is that I've been able to perform and play and collaborate with people that I maybe wouldn't have normally got the chance to because they'd either be too busy or they'd be on tour or or whatever. And it was actually quite easy to form my dream band um, out of sort of. Scotland's indie folk scene um, for the purposes of um, recording it but they really made it so easy they're just like for the nicest people in music I think in Scotland so um, that was really great um, and yeah I kind of wanted to with them quite often with Gaelic singers it's a it's a it's a, a female singer with a um, with an all-male band and I wanted to kind of try and flip that on its head a wee bit as well um, so it was nice to be able to do that as well. I, I, I think um, they're all amazing musicians. So it was kind of a, a bit of a dream come true, really. 
we should really make it clear where people can uh, find recordings and when the uh, the EP will be available and things like that. So can you give some information? Yeah, so it's coming out through um, a new label called the Bothy Society, um, who I'll also be releasing my uh, my album with um, after that. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be it's on uh, it'll be on all the normal channels, Spotify, Apple Music, all that um, sort of thing, um, and downloadable from Bandcamp. Um, but you can also watch the film. Yeah. Amish McLeod, who's an amazing um, filmmaker. Um, made this. We filmed it in Govan Shed, which is this massive cavernous um, warehouse in, in Govan in Glasgow. And um, so there's uh, a film of that, um, which can be found on Kyola's Cracks Facebook page and uh, also on YouTube. Um, and also we're um, releasing the videos gradually um, the, as individual um, videos as well. But basically you can find it wherever <laughs> whatever you get your music from basically yeah if you, if you google it and search you're going to be able to to yeah. find it and and is this the kind of project you might think about doing something similar again or is it kind of uh you, you know how doing it over such a short period has it been too stressful <laughs> it's the kind of thing i'd happily do again it's the, the yeah to be honest, one of the strange things about, especially writing poetry, it is quite a solitary craft. Yeah. And so always being able to to work with uh, musicians is great, partly because you see this response back and forth. And um, I've, I've got at least one other song that somebody's asked me to write after this as well. So I know that these will be happening. So mm-hmm. it was a huge amount of fun. Um, a lot. I think there was a lot more pressure for on Pedro than there was on me as well because of the linguistic conditions. But I, I mean I loved it it was a, it was really a lot of fun it was like challenging but um in a good way I like to be challenged so um yeah I would love to do something like it again um I know that Kiola's Crack are going to continue with the the project I believe and um, I think it's a five-year project so I think next time it will be another Gaelic poet and another um musician so and both uh Kiola's Crack and the Bothy Society are, uh, were kind of new to me, certainly, but they seem to be doing some important work, I think. Kyola's Crack have a really interesting way of bringing Gaelic culture and other uh, musical traditions together. So the last thing I did for them was with the Glasgow Improvisers Orchestra, which was a huge amount of fun, um, partly just to have these soundscapes created around your work. But it is um, based out of the CCA in um, Glasgow, um, Back when we have live gigs, they have um, regular live gigs that you should go and listen to because you never know quite what you're going to hear. Um, it, it's one of these wonderful, again, it's a melting pot of different styles, different ideas, um, yeah. always a surprise. Oh, excellent. I must check them out. That sounds great. And I, I had a look at, you know, the Bothy Society, Pedro, seemed to be doing quite a lot of um, excellent music coming out with them. Yeah, um, so I think, Basically, their MO uh, is to, what they want to do is sort of that neo-trad thing, as, um, as it's called. So it's sort of progressive traditional music, I suppose. So, um, yeah, they're working with myself. Um, they are also working with a band called Heisk, um, who um, are an amazing old girl sort of 
funky sort of calypso elements and jazzy elements to um, traditional music. Um, and uh, they're also working with White, um, who are a really good... Yeah, um, we've had White on the podcast. Sort of soundscape mm. Yeah, um, amazing. And uh, yeah, so I think what they're trying to do is promote new traditional music or progressive traditional music through mainstream channels. So um, yeah, um, so they're a management company and a sort of PR company, but... Um, and they are also now a label, so I'll be the first um, couple of releases. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of good music coming out of coming out of, from them. And um, with things uh, opening up and all of that, is there plans for for either of you to do some uh, something new after having done this uh, aside, aside from your new album, uh, Pedro? Well. <laughs> Um, well, I, I think it that's going like to be taking up. Sounds like you're busy enough, maybe to. It's going to be taking up most of my time for um, just now. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out playing again. I've got yeah, a few gigs, sure. socially distanced gigs booked and um, and stuff um, as things open up. So, yeah, excellent. I'm really looking forward to seeing you play live again. I have to say, and uh, Peter, yourself, have you got anything new uh, lined up? Um, I'd like to just speak to some people not in a square box, that will be a nice start. <laughs> yeah. um, the, there's a book I'm co-editing that's coming out um, and it's going to have a book in, an event at the book festival. Yes. Um, I'm doing some translations for Macedonian poetry, which if this all ends before September, I would get to go to Skopje, but I don't think that's going to happen. So it's just more or less to see what's available in the next few months. Well, it's been such a pleasure chatting to both of you. It really has. Um, and I can't wait for other people to uh, to hear uh, what you've been working on, because it's great. Thanks very much for having us, Alistair. Thanks okay. so much, Alistair. This was great. No problem at all. And we'll be back soon with someone completely different. Cheers. And thanks once again to Pedro and Peter for being such excellent and interesting podcast guests. But we thought we can't let you go without giving you an example of their music. So, from Strathagan Nestradga, this is Drochid.